0: Have a guess who we've got on the line now.
1: Oh, right. it's the man who's straightened up the heat a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's taken their minds off worrying and back into their their jobs. And not only that,
0: the world's most expensive tour guide. Is he? Wilson- Husband <laughs> took the Broncos on a tour of the
2: Gabba <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Good
1: morning, Oz. <Uz. laughs> <laughs> you
2: come guys.
1: How were they, and what did they think of the Gabba? Uh
2: look, guys. Like- when I was in there they were enjoying it they were having fun by the time I left they were having massages so I think they were quite enjoying Gabba <laughs> I think everything was going fine
1: <laughs> uh, I, I have been with Adam Reynolds on the Gabba like you were yesterday and he was It's yeah. immediately his mind switches to the breezes and the wind that he's going to have to cope <laughs> with with his kicking game
2: he was actually talking more cricket about me. He's a little cricket snuff. Was so. he? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I met him ages ago. But <clears throat> when I was playing in Sydney, um, when I was younger, when he was playing in Sydney, he came into the change rooms once. And, um, yeah, he loves his cricket. He's always he's always talking about it. So, you know, he's he, he loves his footy. But I think he's also... We were just talking about the test match because he was in day two. Talking yeah. about how quickly he'd in the wicket. So, we didn't actually really talk too much about footy.
0: Did you point out that hard bit in the middle where the heavy roller was going up and down? Might be, that no, might don't, be worry.
2: That. don't worry, they know. Don't worry, they know. The first thing I walked in there, I'm like, you're playing here? They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, don't get tackled in the middle. <laughs> Stay away from the middle. But they played the SDG before, and I obviously watched a couple of games there growing up. And it's the same there. It's, there's no drop-ins. The middle's rock hard, so it's a place you want to really avoid.
0: Now, Hills tells me you're a Raiders man.
2: <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah, Raiders man. Just jumped on the bandwagon real early in my life I I started supporting the Roosters when we first moved we lived in a little crappy two-bedroom apartment in the city like near Rooster territory so I went and watched a couple of Roosters games this was back in the 1990s and they were horrendous they were horrible back then so I'm like I can't support these guys so I'm like who else is good so I went on the table and I saw this kind of person it was the Raiders I'm like right, I'll support these guys and it was pretty good up until 1994 and then it was tough work after that but yeah, I stay okay. strong I'm loyal
1: I was about I'm to loyal. say, you know, as a child, it's not jumping on a bandwagon, but yours was actually. <laughs> so it was, but, oh, but I'm old now, so it's all right. Yeah, good, good man. What a, now? What about the game the other night? eh? Hey? Renshaw got us right to the end and and nearly blew it. <laughs>
2: Honestly, we should have won that game a lot earlier. It's. Uh, we had our chances, even with the ball, I think initially. We bowled beautifully that game for about 17 overs and then onwards last three overs really hurt us. And then going out and batting, I thought Jimmy Pearson and Matthew Renshaw batted absolutely beautiful to go to the match-winning position, especially after that power surge. We were just a runner ball, and then unfortunately Jimmy got out and then we lost Ness to a run-out. <laughs> we we made it really interesting at the end there, but, I mean, we still won and, and what an ending. And very happy for Rennie, the way he batted.
1: Yep. It's one of the great Brisbane knocks, that.
2: At the end of the day, though,
0: you're you're still alive.
2: Yeah, we're very much alive at the moment, actually. Looking at the table and how things are panning out, we're definitely very much still in the contest. We win the next two out of three games, I think. We're pretty much almost there, so it's it's
1: gonna be good. Oh, that's good. I haven't quite analyzed that yet, but uh um, that's good to hear. It is b- bunching up on ten points. Scorchers did the right yeah. thing last night and kept Hobart to where where they need to be. Pretty much. As
2: long as Scorchers, the Sixers keep winning their games, everyone else is really in the contest, so And I, ten... mean, I, I don't think we have I think our fate is in our hands a little bit so. We had three games. We had three games, 100% in. And if we win in two games, I think we're pretty close
1: to being in. So ah, right. It'll that, be interesting to see, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's good. You've got it back into your own hands again. That you Yeah. Know, your influence yeah. on the team, I, I don't know what it feels like to you, but feels like to me, as I said there before, that the others can now just get their jobs done better than they were probably trying to do everything for everyone. And you've been able to stabilise all that.
2: I mean... <laughs> Very kind of you to say, you know, so I don't think I'm narcissistic enough to say it's all me. I do, for me, it's more about, and I've told the boys and i talked to about them a lot. Yes, we're trying to win you know, this competition right here, right now. We're trying to get to the finals, but it's also a long-term prospect. So I'm often thinking one, two, three years. I'm like, what team do we want to be in three years' time? That's really important to me because none of that can be achieved until we start doing what we need to do right now. And I think that's where the goal is at the end of the day. We want to be a sixers. We want to be a scorchers in two or three years if we can, because they're, they're obviously the benchmark of this, in this competition. And um, for me, it is just about, you know, trying to give guys a bit of stability, a bit of guidance, and a bit of clarity. And then from there, it's, you know, it's out of our control, really, what happens there on. So um, I obviously would have loved to play more at the start of the year. I didn't get to, but um, I am here now. So hopefully we can get a few wins, but to the guys. Yeah, they, they've been doing a lot
1: of the good stuff. Credit to you too for that. For that theory, you know the, those uh, philosophies. But it's so difficult this competition to have a, such a long vision, isn't it? Because you know, I don't think you guys are going to be available that much next year. You, you know, the Australian cricketers and and the international draft will be different again. It's it's a year by year proposition that you're trying to build long term vision for.
2: There yeah, it is. Fortunately, i have still I'm still around the group majority of the year beforehand, pre-season, uh, whatever it may be. Unfortunately, I've you know, missed a few games here and there, but it's not really sure what's going on next year because um, there's obviously talk about reducing the games, maybe back down to 10. Um, what that means for the international players, I'm not really sure. Things are changing. It's, a, it's, a, it's an ever-changing landscape yeah. at the moment, but T20 can be fickle pretty much. If you're not a Sixers or Scorchers team, it's been a very fickle competition for you.
0: Hey, we've got to look ahead. Uh... Just as a fan, cannot wait for the the Indian tour, I, I reckon you'd be the same, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think all the boys are really really excited for it. It's one of those tours where, I mean, it's so challenging. We've been there, so, we've been there so many times, and quite haven't haven't done the deed for about like twenty twenty years now. Just about, yeah. And, and I think if I'm looking back, and I've been a part of a few Indian tours now. Um Um, looking at the teams and the teams we sent over, I honestly believe this is the most stable, probably best team we've sent over there yet. You know, we've got guys like Steve Smith, um, uh, Marnus is number one player in the world. We've got really good bowling attack. Um, Eddie's scoring runs. Everyone's scoring runs and everyone's taking wickets. I don't actually think we've been in a position where we've sent over a team over the last two uh, series I've been to where we've actually been in such a good space. So, I mean than i our court now, so it'll be very interesting
1: to see. I tell you what, it'll be a great space if he can get Stark into that team as early as possible, My second test if he's going to miss the first, and Cameron Green. They're, they're, they're great inclusions compared to all those other squads that we've talked about before because a quality all-rounder and pace through the air, very important. Yeah, they're obviously a big part of our team, Greeny, quality all-rounder. Um,
2: Fingers crossed, everything's tracking well. I think he'll be right for that first test match. Starkey, I'm not sure. I think it will depend on how he recovers. And he's always been massive for us in the subcontinent because he's got airspeed, but also because he can reverse through the ball really well, um, and, yep. which is very important in the subcontinent. So, um, I'm hoping Starkey already game one, but I don't know if you have any guts there, Heels, to help us out. Is, nah.
1: How's he looking? No, I haven't got nothing, mate. Very distant family member. <laughs> nothing. What What about the transition, mate? Look, like you've just done the, the test match to T20 transition, and, and now you go back to test cricket with, without a whole lot of pre-match, which you quite like, pre-first test. Uh, will we Will we be better than India at doing that?
2: I mean... They're playing one-day as two at the moment. Yeah, probably a lot. A bit more, yeah, yeah. They're probably closer to test match cricket than T20s are. Yeah, it's, it's never easy. It's just it's just what it is now, Heels. I, I actually think it's probably harder to go from test matches to T20 than it is to T20 back to test matches. Yeah. And I think everyone's slightly different in how they feel, but majority of guys feel the same way, I reckon. I mean, we've played so much red ball cricket this year. I played four shield games and then five test matches, and that was – from the back half of the year to pretty much, that was in about a space of four months. We played a lot of red ball cricket. Now we played a little bit of T20 cricket here now and then straight back into red ball cricket. I mean, I got asked yesterday why we weren't going a little bit earlier and having a practice match. Every time we have a practice match, they give us green seamers and it's not really a practice match for us. It's it's like getting ready for the Gabba, let alone getting ready for Nagpur. Yeah. we've we've been pretty successful. We've we've got experience now, which is important. <laughs> we don't have a young team we're sending over. We've got a lot of older heads going over, which have had experience, which, who know their games, who know how to play. So I guess that part isn't too bad anymore. It is when you're a bit younger, I guess.
0: Uh, now, we're getting very close to the 8.30 news, so we're going to have to let you go. But... Heels will leave the hard-hitting questions to me. Well, as you've probably heard Marnus talking about the Redlands Toasty <laughs> and the Plum Chicken <laughs> at the Adelaide Oval, et cetera. Uh, we, we've been asking our listeners about their best canteens. What is the Valleys Canteen like?
2: The Valleys Canteen is not bad, but I, I do know there's a place, and it's a different code. There's a place called Barbecue Mafia up near Morningside. Isn't like an AFL ground? They're right on an AFL ground. They're open on the weekend. They are unbelievable. They do like... Slow-cooked meats, briskets, um, you know, ribs, all that kind of stuff. And they do it all through the weekend. And it's funny, even when a game's not on, those guys are packed. But yeah, they're right okay. on the ground there, Morningside. So I think it's not – it's Morningside, it's around there, but Barbecue market is what they're called. They're
1: unbelievable. Prime, oh, yeah?
0: Brilliant there. This is a brand-new tip. Hey, thanks. For, you're
1: always generous with your time. Hey, I really. Hey, am- Aussie, good, good, big match tonight too. The th- We want the Renegades probably to beat the Thunder, don't we?
2: Uh, yeah, they're both kind of there. Yeah, I guess we'll pick Renegades with slightly high. I don't really know. Yeah, they're much, on twelve. That's I all to, I know. Yeah, I might have to give Chuck a call because we might might have to might have to get at to win so then they're sort of even. I actually don't know, man. It, 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 it'll depend whether we want to actually finish fourth or fifth. We could still have a chance of finishing third. Okay, so it just depends fourth or three. So we need to win first. all three. Yeah. All right. I'm getting greedy now, boys. I'm getting real <laughs> greedy. <gradient. laughs> no, we love that. We love One that. ball at a time. <laughs> Uzi, thank you, mate. <laughs>
0: always generous with your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Oz. All right.
2: Cheers, guys. Bye.
1: Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Hmm. Yeah, it, it always annoys me when I see selectors forgetting what's important to a sports person or an athlete. Um, selectors are quite often removed from the action of their squads, you know the, the squads that they're selecting, they're outside the dressing room quite often and and might need advising of the progress or update in in these important issues of each of their talent. but coaches however, should should never not know what their teams require at any given time. Now what's needed at any given time can vary you know so let's say the broncos for example or the brisbane heat at the moment or the brisbane bullets you know at the stage of the condition the competition what stage are we at and and um, you know what's required form and confidence levels of your team now that that will vary right across the park some teams are going to be some players are going to be so far ahead of the game and and so confident others will be wishing the season over um, so you need to have an idea of how your talent is going and then the experience levels of your squad. You know, the Perth Scorchers, for example, against the Brisbane Heat, yeah, the experience levels and confidence levels are, are different. So you need to be mindful of that and maybe specific to your experience level of the squad. Then the injury tolls, the physical side. You know, how are we going and what time of the season is it? You know, so how do we train them right now? And and that will change pre uh, in season and postseason you might get into the physiological stuff. there's five aspects to sport for you to write down listeners, you know that uh, that I see there's technique and it never stops developing. R- Nadal is still developing his techniques. you know Stephen Smith has come back in batting differently this year. They, that, that always develops and evolves uh, in your whole career. Then there's the mental side of things. And you can put in in your minds what you think are the most important of these five uh, and when. The mental side of things. Performing your role longer and maintaining and sustaining pressure than your opponent. Tactics, then. Number three, tactics and strategy. You know, do you take a lead on this? Some of your athletes will take a lead on that and leading the team. Or are others contributing enough? You have to keep an ear and eye on that. Then there's the physical. Number four is the physical and physiological side of things. As I mentioned, it's pre-season, in-season, post-season. Then, of course, bowlers, batsmen, fielders. You know, you train them differently, wig keepers. So the physical training and then the physiological, getting them fit and keeping them fit in rehab. Then number five is the social. The social side of sport has to be so so valued with your mates, uh, inclusion of families, either your talent's immediate family or their parents and grandparents. Get them in, get them in and and have them all enjoy stuff. So, so th- this is really difficult. And they're the five things you jockey between if you're a coach. Are, are my talent getting enough of all those five and am I in the right space? Sometimes in form slumps, uh, you have to work harder. Other times in form slumps, you might have to lay off your training. These are all decisions that coaching staffs have to make then there's different personalities uh which are different in the way you prescribe training so knowing your players is paramount sometimes a defensive problem let's say you know the titans and the broncos struggled for defense Mm. you know it, it might be so many layers below just being a defensive issue you know one one player might might have a mental lapse Might have been not concentrating and thinking about something else and and hasn't quite got off the line. Well, one player might not be fit, you know, really struggled for fitness and one's probably trying to carry a niggle. His knees a bit sore and he's trying to not let on and and he lets the line down. Who knows? But there's about three or four problems a coach and their staff might have to deal with there. Um, But everyone has to own up and get things going together because it might be just more than defence. But we've got so many teams, heat, bullets, wallabies, you know what what do they need out of those five at the moment over the next week or so we can talk about these patio what the broncos might need at the moment the dolphins the titans the cowboys who's got the best handle on this and you know the roosters for example they'll be at a different level to some of those teams i've just listed Mm. so what do we need if you, you know you've got an idea on what the dolphins need out of those five the broncos what's important to getting them going 0467-736-736 0467-736-736 for a text or 131355 for a call. Call up and just tell us what the wallabies might need out of technique, mental, tactics, physical, social.
0: Oh, well, Wallabies is the one, isn't it? With the, the new coach, and uh, I, I see there's been a couple of fairly controversial comments from across the Tasman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, a, a couple of well, one in particular, former All Blacks, uh, whose name escapes me just at the moment, but he said, uh, "Hey, hang on a minute," uh, and he he used to play under Rennie at the at the Chiefs. At the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. He just said, "Hang on a minute, cattle. Try try not having any cattle." Yeah. He said, Corribiti, uh, Hooper, and."
1: Paisami didn't play much, and, yeah, and you know, Pereira, Jordan Pereira, yeah,
0: but and and Karevi, Sami Karevi.
1: So therefore, he's, they're he's about the only three. I reckon they've been let down by number four, the physiological and mm. the physical side of things. They keep getting injured, the Wallabies. Mm. So we we got to get them rock hard there. Um, but uh, yeah, you yeah, know, Rennie, there's a bit more than that. I reckon he didn't he didn't enhance any of his cattle. Mm. Didn't fatten them. It's an all star last hour of the show today,
0: Heels. We've got Nathan Sobey from the Bullets joining us now. And uh, they've had a tough last month or so, I suppose, with plenty of upheaval. But uh, the form in the last couple of matches has been really, really good. Nathan, uh, good morning to you, mate.
3: Good morning. How
0: are we going? Yeah, good, good, good. I mean, you've got five coming home. You've got three of them, three of those matches at home, including Adelaide uh, tonight. You'd just like to make a statement, I suppose.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The season hasn't gone to the way we would like to or plan to, but um, with all that being said, we've still got to go out and try and finish the season off the right way and, and build to what we're trying to build um, these last few games, and then for the off-season.
1: And what's it been, Nathan? Do you feel was it a, a structure that Coach Duncan was trying to initiate that just didn't work, or and, and has it got better?
3: I think there's been a combination of things. Obviously, changing your coach um, during the season doesn't um, help with that. And then changing it three times, we did. Uh, we've had three head coaches yeah. this year, so it's been a little bit different on that front. Um, but at the same time, we just haven't been consistent on the floor uh, night in, night out, um, and being able to put it together for four quarters. And this league's too good to just do it for one or two quarters. So that's been the price we've paid. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can continue to work on that um four-quarter for performance for the next five games.
0: You had that big loss to Sydney last week. I mean, has that what has that done to the mindset of the team? Because since then, there's been an improvement. You push Melbourne all the way and then you beat the Phoenix.
3: Yeah, I mean, firstly, Sydney's a really good team mm. and they're playing really well at the moment. So, um, they're, uh, they're firing on all cylinders, but at the same time, it kind of hurt us. Well, not kind of, it definitely hurt us. That was pretty embarrassing to lose by that much. Um, so to be, so watch the film on that and continue to build and and see where we need to be a lot better at, and uh, I think we've done that in the last few games. Is just trying to consistently be um, more aggressive on the defensive end and get after it a little bit more, and um, I think it's been good for us the last couple of games.
1: So Greg, the new coach, a new head coach uh, who has who was the assistant, made you sit through that. How, how long does that take to sit through that loss?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, it takes a lot longer than what it actually does because it's all a lot of bad stuff that we did. But um, it definitely needed to be done. Okay. Um, you can't just throw it under the carpet and think that it's all going to be OK moving forward. We need to see where we got to be better. So it was definitely watched and um, focused on the, the areas that we need to be a lot better in. And I think we've done that uh, in the last couple of games.
1: And you certainly, personally, Nathan, it's, it's all come together as well as ever for you. How's it feeling?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, it's just been like that inconsistency year um, for myself as well. But um, just trying to lead the guys in a positive way for the remainder of the um, remainder of the year and, and trying, like I said earlier, just step in the right direction every quarter, I guess, um, that we're out there focusing on that rather than worrying about outcomes and stuff at the moment.
1: Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? When things aren't quite right, how much overthinking goes on. What what's your assessment of the mood of the group now, and how has it been? You know, it can be positive, negative, constructive, or just carefree. What, how is it, and what do you reckon's needed?
3: Yeah, absolutely, hit it on the head. Um, when things aren't going well, it, it can go downhill pretty quick. Um, but I think we've had a good, we've got a group group, and everyone's stuck together. Um, we understand um, that we're not where we want to be, but we also understand what um, these next five games mean for us, uh, not just this season, but moving forward. Um, all the teams we're playing in the last five games are pretty much, or all of them are competing for that final spot. Um, so we've got, we got a chance to, um, I guess, ruin some of that or make it hard for them teams to, to make it into the playoffs where we want to be. So um, I think that's that's in our mind as well moving forward. So there's a lot of positive mindset with what
0: we're doing. I'm tipping that you've probably got the second last game of the season circle. So you've got Adelaide at home tonight, Illawarra away, then New Zealand at home, but the second last game is the away game to Cairns, who are low-flying at the moment. I reckon you'd like to make a statement in that one, mate.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean we'd like to beat all these teams that are that are competing for finals just to show how good we can actually be, whether it'll matter us our uh, come playoffs time or not. It's a, a thing for us. It's a pride thing for us um, as competitors, um, as athletes. So I think, yeah, like you said, beating them, who are, like you said, flying at the moment, playing really good basketball. But also we get to play um, Adelaide tonight, who, are, who have a really good team and that are really pushing for that last final spot as well. So there's a lot of... A lot of stuff on stake, and I guess we want to show how good we can be still.
1: You know, at the start of the year, when everyone was really optimistic and everything, Bainesy was cranky. What's he like now?
3: Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's really positive with the group yeah. um, in trying to get us and uh, help us all get on the right direction. Like we said earlier about getting, being more aggressive on the defensive end, he's really spending a lot of energy in talking to guys about that. Um, I think he, his experience um, at this time of the year goes a long way in leading some of those guys that um, are up-and-coming and, and first-year players.
1: That's so good. So good that he's uh, been con- so constructive and valuable. Uh, with the finish of the season, that you can benchmark yourself against the best?
3: Absolutely. I mean, we, we really want to push uh, these last five games and show what we're made of.
1: All right, if you're listening,
0: uh, get out there and uh, support the Bullets tonight. They play Adelaide at Nissan Arena, around about that 6.45 mark, I think it is, and uh, give them a little, uh, give them a pep in their
1: step as they try and win all five on their own home. Yeah, your crowds have been good, Nathan, haven't they? They've been very supportive. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, everyone could throw in the towel and say that we'll worry about it next year or whatever, but I think it's the best our crowds have ever been, so it's a credit to Brisbane itself uh, and the fans we have. With a few losses that were really disappointing, um, they could have turned around, but they're stuck with us. And yeah. it has been it's really been unreal for crowds that we've seen, um, considering the circumstances, for sure.
0: All right, as I said, three of your last five are at home, starting tonight with Adelaide, who are in eighth spot, uh, just after 6.30, 6.45, I think, tonight at Missing Arena. Nathan, Sobe, thanks, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot.
3: No worries. Thanks for having me.
0: Coming up to 8.51 You ran now.
1: out of time. We could have gone canteen there. I wonder what basketball canteens were like.
0: But wasn't this an arena mentioned in our Yeah, notes? the sweet yeah.
1: potato fries. But, I mean, in Warrnambool, where he, where he grew up, is he still there? Hey, no. Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it Warrnambool you started your, uh, your basketball?
3: Yeah, that's
1: when I'm born and bred from, yeah. Yeah, what What about your canteen, a basketball canteen? We've been asking people about our sporting canteens and club things. <laughs> Anything stand out for you? Nah, pretty stock standard,
3: pies and cokes and lollies, yeah, pretty straightforward, oh. like what you see at the local footy
1: and stuff like that. Nothing wrong with any of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's
3: beautiful.
0: <laughs> Thanks, All right, mate. mate, thank you. Now, I'm going to refer back to Adam from Tuesday. We're talking about predictions. He said, Premier's Lions, Brownlow, Lockie Neal, Coleman, Joe Danaher, Rising Star, Will Ashcroft. So he's a Lions through and through. But I've just got another one here. My AFL uh, crystal ball for 2023. Lions midfield with Dunkley, Neil, McCluggage, Barry, and Ashcroft will be the best midfield units seen in the AFL since the Eagles in the mid-2000s. Jeez, he's gone back to Now her, there is uh, the a Eagles. gentleman or a lady who uh, knows what they're talking about. Actually, uh, Dunkley press conference today, I think, uh, promoting a new sponsor for the Lions. Which... Where are we
1: saying Gunston plays? Just forward of the midfield, I'd say. Um, so mm. half forward. So uh, otherwise, I, I'd love to to see if that midfield can get compared to the midfield just before the Eagles of the mid-2000s into the Brisbane early 2000s. Mm, the Fab Four. Oh, if we could make that midfield look. Good again.
0: So, you know, when we're crystal balling the AFL season, as you know, this is not my sort of... Have a crack, Paddy. Well, I'm going to go Lions, and that's no great sh- shock because I think this is the end. The recruiting has been unbelievable. So massive raps on, on Dunkley and what he brings, massive raps on Gunston and what he brings, and then, of course, you've got these two kids, Ashcroft and Fletcher, um, via the father-son number two draft pick uh, will Ashcroft, number 12 draft pick for Jasper Fletcher, and the raps on those two coming through are just enormous as well. Mm-hmm. But so, don't
1: expect instant uh, success there, because they well, are kids.
0: Yeah, no, well, hang on a bit Don't expect we've, too we've, much well, we've, them.
1: Had the, we've had the line skipper sitting in this very
0: studio mm-hmm. with us, telling us that he thinks that uh, certainly Will Ashcroft, he thinks, will be a player in the seniors this year.
1: Yeah, a player, but and maybe in, not, you know, maybe not a gun you've got to work on that. Well, look, Who else? Who are we going to beat in the final? I don't care. Oh, is that your crystal ball? You've just looked into the Lions. Hopefully the Suns. You've just looked into the Lions.
0: Well, look, crystal balling, I'm going Lions, Premiership, Suns to make the final, so a little bit of history there. And – I'm saying West Coast again. Well, West Coast only won two games last year alongside the Kangaroos. Mm. Uh, I'm going West Coast for the, uh, the Wooden Spoon.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how North Melbourne resume mm. um, with uh, Clarkson there and Horn Francis gone. So uh, my crystal balling, I've sort of got top eight and bottom eight, I reckon. Geelong, I think might do it. They'll be right up against the Brisbane Lions at the, in the final, for example. But Melbourne won't be far away. Sydney, Carlton, I'm hearing some yeah, really good things about. about. Yeah. Uh, so so they feel pretty confident and they love the coaching of Ossie. So that's good. Collingwood, They and I was talking to a Collingwood fan on the weekend. He, they think they're going to plateau. They overachieved last year. Mm-hmm. They might not have the cattle to do it again. Um, so I've put them down a bit, but then Richmond, how are they going to go? Dusty's back, isn't he? So that mm-hmm. that's Richmond. Port was good the year before, not good last year. They they think they can come good this year. Western Bulldogs are never far away. I've got them in the eight, and Fremantle they're a good team too. And then I've got GWS, the <laughs> Gold Coast Suns, St Kilda, Collingwood, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, West Coast, and Crows in the bottom sort of eight. This it's it's impossible to. Yeah, with our lack of knowledge, it's impossible to know how these teams are going to shape up. Can we get and what's Zorks expected on the of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him and help we'll us definitely out. Definitely get here. him to help us, Crystal Ball. Now that's one,
0: and, and they haven't let the cameras into their training too often. But hearing great things about Zork's, yeah, about the skipper. You know, the, the, you know the is Achilles. he the skipper? Have they voted yet?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm oh, okay. Just assuming he's lean as, isn't he? Yeah, he's, looks
0: great. He'd be loving that training again. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll find out. He'll, he'll be visiting this morning on his way to uh, training. Yeah,
1: Zorks, could you send us some detail, please? We've got nothing. So the uh, Was it
0: Martin Fukovitz? <laughs> Have you seen that? That's going viral. He got his shirt off at the Australian Open. Yes. And uh, it fed him. He looks like Hemsworth.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say he looks like Zorks. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's a little bit
0: bigger than Zorks, but he's not an AFL player, mind you. He's, yeah, he's got the rig. And they're all jealous. And every, what's what's irking every other male player is they're getting asked about it. And every oh, have you seen the have you seen the photo of Martin Fuscovitz? And they said, yes, we have. Thanks.
1: Why this big, you know big international sportsman? That you never know where they'll end up, eh? Like that, that could get him a job as Thor after Hemsworth finished, you know. Uh, and because that's what The Rock, that's where he came from, yeah, didn't he? football. Came from football and then became a wrestler. Wrestling, yeah. And then into movies. some of the great movies to watch. Right, and now. So Fukcevich. Making more money than a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you just never know what taking your shirt off might
0: do for you. Australian Open, Brett Phillips joining us as Ian's tennis expert. Um, Mate, I just thought I'd mention today up here, not a cloud in the sky, just a gentle southerly blowing Magic Millions race day on uh, what's the weather like down there? You've had heat waves, you've had pouring rain, uh, and we haven't seen a whole heap of tennis. Oh, we get variety down here, at Patty. you know, that from
4: uh, one minute to the next. It uh, can look like uh, it's just uh, going to be a beautiful day, and then it's, um, you know, a dog's breakfast to <laughs> half an hour later. Uh, look, I think we won't get any rain today. It'll be a little fresh, but yeah, we got through the backlog, uh, there were matches still going at Yeah, about one thirty this morning uh, to keep the uh, schedule on track, which uh, they're always keen to do, uh, the big tournaments. And, uh, yeah, hopefully um, the next few days, yeah, should be okay. So we've had a bit of everything in the first three days.
0: Let me ask the obvious one then. What's been global reaction to Rafa's exit?
4: Well, we've sort of seen it, you know, before with Rafa across his incredible journey of these type of injuries and having to, you know, pull out. He doesn't pull out lightly. Um, and he went out and played that third set yesterday. But this was something that flared up a little unexpectedly. We know he's had, you know, the foot issues for some time. We know he's had the abdominal issues for some time. Uh, but he felt, uh, you know, he felt the hip and uh, playing against a good player, Mackenzie McDonald, who was was keen to take his scalp. So he started really well. And sometimes Rafa can be a, a slow starter into the match. But you had that extended time off the court at the end of the second set. And I suppose the. You know the body language told um, a million stories there, and his wife uh, in tears in the crowd. Mm. His whole family's there. You know, dad is a regular traveller, and he's agent and coaching, and everyone else is part of team the Dale. I mean, they they go through the roller coaster with him, even with all the things that he's achieved out of the sport. You know, you you still want more, and he wants to compete. He uh, he's not ruling out anything. you will go home and recuperate, and he's had these stints off the tour before to get himself right so he can come back and play a decent block of tennis. I suppose it's just the unknown. Another year ticks over and we continue to speculate.
1: Yeah, sure. And it was a bit like Federer too, wasn't it? He just could not get those knees right. And the surgery, 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 still trying to play. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just uh, yeah. have trouble uh, letting go, don't they?
4: Yeah, they, they do. And, you know, I think out of the three, we always probably thought Rafa would pull up stumps uh, early. I mean, Roger tried to go all the way through to 40, but you know, his last two years he was pretty much inactive. I mean, Djokovic is... You know, probably the one that'll uh, play until he's maybe 39-40. But in saying that, you know, if he goes well clear of Nadal and, and uh, has a record that could never maybe be matched, you know, maybe he might retire a little early. But he looks like he's got the most uh, longevity that he mightn't break down. Although, you know, he's yeah. starting to get a few little soft tissues. So, yeah, we'll just uh, appreciate these guys for however long they do... Uh, Uh, last in the game.
0: So we've had quite a few Aussie casualties yesterday, mate.
4: Yeah, and look, some of it was sort of expected. Uh, We had high hopes. I mean, we went into last night thinking, you know, Jason Kubler might be a good chance to beat uh, Hachinov. But, I mean, that, that match will be simply remembered for a 70-shot rally, which is quite extraordinary because we were calling the Millman match. My mm. phone is vibrating in my pocket from people saying, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And we're trying to watch two screens at once, and then we're chasing the record books, and I got told in my ear that it was a 71-shot rally back in 2013 between Gael Monfils and Gilles Simon, the two Frenchmen. Uh, but that was incredible. Jason you know, fought back uh, really hard, but... I've sort of had a bit of a chip on his shoulder last night uh, because he's sort of the forgotten Russian player. You know, Medvedev and Rublev have you know gone to that next level. Rinky, yeah, Sitsipas was on last night. Loved his performance. I mean, he's looking to go deep here, probably Felix seen him in the fourth round. That's mouth watering. And and John Milman played an outstanding first set against yeah. Medvedev. I mean, that was good quality over an hour. Went toe-to-toe and then Medvedev just wears you into the ground and Johnny Cock couldn't quite uh, go with him. So, yeah, a little bit uh, disappointing. Kocanakis will be the headline act tonight, though. I'm already
1: uh, excited thinking about he and Andy Burry. Mm. He might get that one done too, Brent. What do you think?
4: Good. Well, he'll be fresh. I think he's his mind's on the job. You know, there's no sort of Nick Kyrgios maybe distracting him a little bit. Uh, he can just focus on the singles. Um, he's playing good tennis. You know, I, I feel like just the Coconnachters camp wanting to take the next step this year. They're all really dialed in, uh, on the same page, and uh, you know, he's striking the ball really, really well. And you know, against Murray though, he's he's got to bring different things. The only thing with the Narsy is sometimes the the shot selection in a rally can just go a little haywire, and Andy will just build and construct and. He'll just use all the corners of the court. He'll throw in some different type balls, and fanati has got to adjust to that. But be patient as well. I mean, he's got the power to pull the trigger and unleash, but you know, it's just that decision-making, that split-moment decision-making that I think can take him from being 50 to 100 to inside the top 50 if he can win the battle of those type of points where you've just got to be a little bit more patient. Mm. But, yeah, that's the match that jumps off the page. Uh, Popperin's got a tough one against Fritz. Going to have to really lift today, Alexi. This guy's brutal off the ground, and, and Demonor probably should beat Manorino the way Alex is playing. Yeah. Okay. Kim Burrell, not without a chance. Yeah. I mean, this girl is going to be a sensation. Pat, she's already uh, her and her younger sister Brenda Provitova, who qualified as a fifteen-year-old for the Grand uh, for this Australian Open. I mean, she, the, I think Linda's about. Uh, just outside the top 100, so she's doing extraordinary things for a 17-year-old. Uh, more Czech uh, tennis players emerging, There's a few more coming in after that. Let's hope Kim brings that belief today. Kia Arena, great atmosphere, and just seize the moment. You know, go. Just don't don't play conservatively. Uh, Linda's a you know she's a good player, strikes it really well. She's lit with plenty of depth. And Kim Beryl's got to sort of just take her chances. But, uh, yeah, I hope she just brings a real self-belief out on the tennis court today.
1: Yeah, how old is she, Kim? Can well, he be 24? Yeah, 24, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. So she's a chance mm. of, of being able to hold it together, maybe, and not being all. Well, she's been around. Yeah.
4: Yeah, she's had a lot of adversity, here. She's had, you know, injury setbacks that have not just seen her off the tour for a month or two. She's had breaks of you know, 12 months out of the sport and, you know, she's still so young. So the the windows there, there's there's a belief uh, within, you know, TA that this group can still do some damage. You know, sort of now got out of the TA support category. They still train a bit out of the NTC there in Brisbane, but, you know, technically it's 15 to 23 where you get that TA support and then you're on your own. Uh, And and Kim and Priscilla Honhing was, you know, that big group I've spoken about quite a bit. Uh, they're just trying to get to the next step. I, I don't quite see it in my eyes how any of them are quite going to do it unless they can take their game to the next level and just have that belief and that just that ferocity to compete. I haven't quite seen it to my eye, but anyway, let's have a look at Kim mm-hmm. today and she'll get the Gold Coast rocking if she wins. Yeah, yeah well, I'm trying to do it around about
0: one o'clock our time uh, on Kia Arena against uh, the yeah. young Czech, as you said, the 17-year-old Czech Linda. Over. hey mate, we're running out of time. Really appreciate your time. I know you're a, you're a crazy busy at this time of the year, I love your insights. Thanks, Brent.
4: Big night on the radio tonight. Demonor into Cochinakis. Uh, look forward to it. Thanks, Righto. guys.
0: Good stuff.